0: Money FM eighty nine point three, the best of prime time in the spotlight on Money FM eighty nine point three.
1: Thanks for joining us on Prime Time. You're with Bharati Jagdish and Timothy Go. Now, it's all about entrepreneurship among the young these days. How many people do you know have started their own companies, their startups? Everyone and their mother, perhaps, Tim. <laughs> As a teenager, (laughs) not much. Yeah, no, really. Yeah, a lot of the people I meet are already in their 20s. But today we meet a 19-year-old. She's just completed her A-levels and is taking a gap year to focus on her business. A gap year from her studies, that is. Her tuition business that teaches only one subject, the general paper.
0: So why is this important? What is the general paper?
1: Well, a GP is basically the one paper that you must pass in JC, in junior college. And I know that some people have difficulties doing well in it. Mm. And you want to qualify for university, you've got to pass it. So it is a make or break paper that every student must take if you want to have a chance at going further in school.
0: So our guest today has devised, uh, well, what she says is a foolproof step-by-step method to ace the paper and has raked in a five-figure revenue since uh, its inception last year with more than 245 students signing up for access to their material and classes. What is this all about? Well, Brooke Lim is joining us now and she is founder of Classical Club.
1: Hi, Brooke. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, Brooke, before we get down to talking all about the contentious issues surrounding tuition, let's talk about why you decided to do this in the first place. What actually sparked this move to take a year off to run this sort of a business? Hmm, why
2: well, it took a gap. Yeah, well, Definitely a multitude of factors, for one. I really enjoyed what I was doing. I definitely didn't expect that whatever I was doing, my little GP tuition business, it gained so much traction. But after a while, I, I got a little accustomed to it, and it seemed like the natural thing to do, to spend one year off to focus on what I liked. And I know a lot of parents, especially in Singapore, the more conservative ones, are against delaying your university plans for a year because, you know, my A-level grades were definitely good enough to secure me a spot in university. But, you know, I just told my parents, the guys mm-hmm. got a serve years of NS, right? If I mm-hmm. take just one year off, it's no big deal anyway. I'll still be a year ahead than most of the guys my age. And the and opportunity
0: the- is there, so why not?
2: Yeah, and the fact that I was able to support myself financially definitely didn't hurt as well.
0: All right, Brooke, uh, so you also had an internship with the Monetary Authority of Singapore in FinTech. Uh, and, and then you started your private tuition gig one student at a time. So why, what, what, what made you choose a tuition instead? Mm,
2: my MAS internship was a fantastic time. It was my first corporate job, actually. I Wow, I was very overwhelmed. There was so much I had to learn from scratch and I'm so grateful for the time there. I eventually decided to focus more on tuition because I enjoyed the flexibility at Accorded. When you work for a larger organization, you learn a lot because you're constantly surrounded by very experienced, Mm -hmm. very capable people. There are structures and SOPs in place for you to follow. So it makes you feel like you're part of this very large organization that's getting so much work done all the time and I love that it was able to impart me a lot of skills required to start my own thing. So eventually I decided, you know, I've learned a lot. I love my time here. I want to start building something of my own that might nowhere be as big as MAS is, but it's still substantial enough mm. on its own. Uh, so,
1: give me some examples of lessons that you learned during your internship that you applied to building your business.
2: Wow, mm, definitely management. I was under the guidance Of you know, very capable and very experienced supervisors and I learned a lot, you know, just even about things like business communication, how to negotiate, how to communicate well, whether it's in person, in a meeting, or via email, and a lot of their professionalism and you know setting professional boundaries and sticking to them is something I was able to continue, even within tuition, because while tuition is something where you know you gotta deal with a lot of students and students are not working adults, they might not be as familiar with professional boundaries as, you know, maybe you guys would be. And that's where you need to take on a slightly more mm. parental role. Okay,
1: <laughs> playing a parent at the age of 19. That must
0: be something. yeah. Brooke, mm. so why, why did you decide to focus on the general paper?
2: Oh, I love the general paper when I was in junior college. It seemed like a natural thing to do. I love the general paper because, for one, just like what you guys have explained earlier, the general paper is an essay and comprehension paper that involves immense critical thinking skills. So I love it because it's what the Singapore government is trying to shift the education system towards, right? Instead of just rote memory, you want to focus on critical thinking skills, mm-hmm. being fully aware of whatever's happening in the real world, being up to date with current affairs, and you got to apply everything you You've learned in, you know, two 90-minute papers. And I did consistently well in the general paper throughout junior college. And it was the one subject that I genuinely enjoyed studying. Like, I would derive immense joy from, you know, writing my little essays. I had an amazing GP tutor in school. He was very patient. He was very passionate about a subject. And when I looked at him, I was like, you know, he... Seems like, you know, he was made to do this. What about me? Could I maybe emulate some of his enthusiasm and Mm.
1: effectiveness of teaching? This was your tutor in school, right? Did you have private Mm. tuition for GP as well? Private tuition, no, I didn't. Okay, so let's talk about why others see a need for having private tuition. Uh, because the exuberance of the tuition culture in Singapore generally, it has been described as being unhealthy, even dysfunctional. The question is, are the schools not doing enough?
2: Well, I feel that schools... Um I know Emily is doing a fantastic job. They're trying their very best and a lot of teachers are as well. But as long as there's going to be some kind of demand, there will always be supply to keep up with it. So what I feel borders on, on healthy is when the child doesn't want to go for tuition because very often tuition is not a decision made by just the student and the tuition center or tutor alone. Very often, the parent comes into play and generally, you know, I could talk about this for hours, but parent child Communication and relationship dynamics would differ greatly from family to family. So, there'll definitely be parents in which you know generally want the best for the child, but are maybe not able to communicate in a manner that's the healthiest for the child. So, yeah, but clearly um, they
1: might also have very, very high expectations, right? So, we've heard of people who are doing pretty well but want to do even better or get greedy and then go for tuition, and then there are others who need it but cannot afford it. So tuition Mm. also comes at a cost and it perpetuates inequalities. some might say. The people who can afford tuition end up doing better in school, in many cases by virtue of that better in life as well. And those who can't afford it have to work harder to achieve success. So it benefits the rich and some would say results in a vicious cycle. How do you feel being a part of this cycle in a sense?
2: Mm. I understand exactly where you're coming from and I think there's a lot of merit in what you're saying because generally as a parent, you're, one of your biggest goals is to propagate your privilege, right? You want your child to end up just as privileged, if not more privileged than you are. So in that sense, tuition is an investment that parents are making for their children in the hopes that the returns on investment will be as high as they want it to be. But as to what we're doing about this or how I feel about this, I feel that it's something that's going to be sticking around in the long term Mm. and that there are plenty of available resources for those that cannot afford tuition as well. I don't go for tuition in junior college because, you know, it is pretty exorbitantly priced and I was convinced that if I was resourceful and determined enough, I would be able to do just as well as my peers who had tuition without the need to invest additional time or effort outside of it.
1: Quick one, Brooke, do you have affordable packages for people who might need it but can't afford it? Because you yourself said it's quite exorbitant, right? So what are you doing to at least help bridge that gap?
2: We do have options for students who need it. We do have multiple offerings available. So you have different tiers in which you can choose the one that works best for you. So the cheaper options might not be just for those who feel as though they need the additional help. It might just be for those that think that they don't need consistent one-on-one interaction. They just need to know an ad hoc workshop or two.
0: All right, Brooke, picking up on what you were talking about earlier, how do you deal with it and what do you tell a student who, well, doesn't want to go into that tuition that you're giving, but the parents want them to do better?
2: Mm, I would say that it's ultimately up to the child because, you know, as a parent, you always want the very best for your child, right? And Mm -hmm. by virtue of age age and experience, you might assume that you know what's the best for your child. But unless you're able to convince your child that they will, will gain from this tuition, they will be able to reap some kind of investment in that, I would say, to not... I wouldn't take on a child that's clearly very, very unwilling to do so because ultimately the parent should be a catalyst. The parent is not the ultimate stakeholder we're working with. We want children that are very excited for our classes. They are at least willing to go in with an open mind. We do offer trial classes as well. So, you know, if you're hesitant, you can come in for one class. Mm -hmm. No commitments, no additional strings whatsoever and decide for themselves if they want to stick on it also makes our life a lot easier when we know that the child wants to be here and they're open to learning
1: now, Brooke, I'm sure you're aware of this chat GPT, the chat bot that answers questions and writes essays. It's been very much in the news lately, touted as a game changer. And a lot of uh, teachers are quite concerned about whether their students will start using it to write the essays that they submit in school. What are your mm. thoughts on this? How might it impact the tuition business as well?
2: Ooh, actually, I love chat GPT. I think it's a fantastic tool that we should have been expecting earlier and I want all my students to be well versed in it. And while I do agree that cheating, plagiarism is essentially undermines the very spirit of academic learning, right? The examination structure in Singapore is not going to be changing anytime soon. It's very unlikely that our A-level examinations are going to be replaced entirely by, you know, online examinations instead. So as to cheating and examinations that might I don't think that's a problem we'll be dealing with in the near near future. Cheating and examination. So I would say if the child is already someone that, you know, might be willing to cut corners when it comes to the academic world, then Chat GPT is going to be it's only going to exacerbate that mm-hmm. issue. But if the child is someone instead that values integrity and understands that ChatGPT can help you generate ideas. ChatGPT can maybe give you study tips. ChatGPT might even be able to give you pointers when you start, but not to use it instead to write the entire essay. And ChatGPT does have its limitations. It does come up with... um, It's not fail-proof, essentially.
0: Good point that, uh, yeah, it does help you when you're stuck and it and, and helps uh, generate ideas. I like your positivity about all of this, uh, especially with AI and learning, uh, Brooke. Thank you very much for joining us here. Brooke Lim is the founder of Classical Club. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.